This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. South Korean President Park Joon-hae is on uh, trial right now for allowing her office to be used for benefit of a personal friend. But what makes this even more interesting is the fact that the friend is the daughter of a cult leader, that daughter also leaking, leaking private cables from the U.S. Embassy. That relationship goes back many decades to a time when Park was friends with the father. In fact, one cable from the U.S. Embassy said that the cult leader had, quote, control over Park's body and soul. Now the daughter used that relationship to gain donations from big business that the friend controlled. To look at all of the twists and turns in this case, we welcome into the studio Philip Nichols, professor of legal studies and business ethics here at the Wharton School. Also joining us on the phone, Richard Dasher, director of the U.S. Asia Technology Management Center at Stanford University. Phil, great to see you again. Always good to see you, Dan. Hopefully we can kind of keep a path on this story with all the twists and turns. Richard, great to talk to you again as well. Thanks for having you on the program, Dan. Thank you. Uh, Richard, this certainly sounds like it's got a little bit of soap opera to it, correct? Oh, this is a truly bizarre set of uh, things have been happening. Indeed, the relationship between uh, President Park and Mrs. Choi, who is this uh, close friend and mentor and really Rasputin-like figure, is uh, one of the most bizarre things that I've seen in recent years. So it, let's get into this a little bit. I mean, this relationship, as I said, Philip, goes back, what, 30 years or so, as Mrs. Park was a 20-year-old. Her father was a well-known uh, public official uh, in South Korea, uh, actually was was shot and killed. The mother was shot and killed. And seemingly the, the father here, Mr. Choi, uh, has had a relationship with her almost from the get-go, correct? Yeah, since around 1974. What is it that that has made this relationship kind of play out o- over the years? Well, the, uh, the, the fact that this particular person was a father figure, um, he told her at a very vulnerable time in her life that he was being visited by the spirit of her mother, yeah. that he could channel her mother... Um, the fact that she was generally not close to her brother and sister, very close to her father. She took on the duties of first lady of Korea after her mother was assassinated. Um, I mean, she was in a uniquely vulnerable position and, and a very charismatic, uh, man with something unique to offer her, um, filled a very large gap in her life. What was the, what was unique about the relationship that you saw, Richard? Well, I think that uh, the idea of channeling her mother was certainly big, but in recent years, evidently Ms. Che was even telling Ms. Park what to wear, what clothes to wear, what kind of handbags to buy. Um, One of the things that led to this uh, scandal coming out on the surface was a terrible incident about a year ago when a ferry uh, uh-huh. turned over and it had over oh, yeah. 500 school children on it. Yes. Ms. Park was nowhere to be seen. 
she was nowhere to be found, even though as the president, people would have expected her immediately to make some sort of statement and right. get something going. And it turns out that she was in consultation with Ms. Trey at the time. That That's one of the the, – the ferry incident, the civil, um, was the beginning of the end for Ms. Bach, uh, President Bach. What, what I find really interesting about this whole um, saga – is that 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 there were a couple of unique things about it that exposed a network of corrupt relationships, right, largely yeah. between the table and the presidency. But there's nothing unique about that network of corrupt relationships. Uh, South Korea has a, a long-standing issue problem with those kinds of corrupt relationships. It was it was the the uniqueness, the bizarreness of yeah. the relationship between. Bach and Chui, and of course the public anger at, at her mishandling of the Sewol that exposed this, but it was all there and it's been there for decades, this, this horribly corrupt relationship. I, I agree with Phil on that point that the uh, kind of real business corruption between the Chebol and the government is not unique to this particular situation. And that's one of the reasons why it's kind of difficult to see whether she will ultimately be impeached or not, because if you impeach her for uh, corruption, taking bribes and that kind of thing, that requires one sort of evidence. And right, right. so much focus has been on the sort of bizarre personal relationship that it's really hard to tell just what kind of evidence they can come up with uh, that would uh, – not only indict her, but possibly indict the uh, heads of the largest business groups in Korea. Which is the interesting piece to this is that she's going through this trial right now, and if the evidence is not proved out to be that, she yeah. could go back yeah. as president. She could be reinstated yeah. as president of South Korea, which I find amazing. <laughs> but then again, we, we've seen you know impeachment that term used in in other countries here in the United States, and the leaders in that situation were still able to lead the country. So I, I you know, I, yeah. but but I think with all that's going around with this story, Phil, right now, it's stunning that we can have all of this quote unquote evidence, and potentially, the president could be back in office here in the next few few months. I guess I think the chances of that are actually relatively high. Uh, Why the, so? The court is held in, an, in a removal from office proceeding, the court is to use the standards that are used for a criminal trial. Right. And those are relatively high standards. But more intriguingly, of the, they, they need a vote of six judges. Right. There's nine judges on the court. Two of those judges' terms end, uh, one this month, the next in March. Those judges will either be replaced right. by Huang who, which, who is just a staunch ally of Bach. Yeah. Or they won't be replaced, which I think is probably more likely given the tenor of the times, which leaves only seven judges, which means they have to convince all but one of the judges oh, okay. given the high standards of evidence. Right. And that, that's, you know, that's not, especially since a lot of them were appointed by so it's the not GNP. A, it wouldn't be a majority, so it wouldn't go down. They would have to prove four or five. It would remain at six. Yeah. 
which almost makes it, you know, as you said, incredible odds. Yeah. What are the odds, if, if, uh, Richard, that you think that, that she could go back into office? I'd, I'd give it 50-50. But I have to say that even if she does, it's only for a few more months. The uh, six months of the time they have to decide whether to approve the impeachment uh, will end up in May or so. Yeah. And yeah. her regular term of office ends at the end of 2017. So I think what you're seeing is a a sort of change in Korea that's happening at the same time as this scandal is happening that really has to do with the attitude of people toward the elite in uh, yeah. business and the elite in government that um, – Probably that change is going to happen no matter whether she's impeached, whether her impeach is approved or not. Impeachment is approved or not. I, Richard, I think that's a that's an excellent question. I, I I love that question because we've seen that before in Korea in the '60s and the '80s. The people pour down onto the streets, and and it's really it's been it seems like it's hard for them to turn the corner. And after these outbursts of of public anger at the at the very corrupt relationship between the government and the table to actually reform the government in a way that 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 remedies that problem and i you know i look at the opposition I, I, I leaders think you're right you're right because in some ways to really reform the government to get rid of that problem you have to change the office of president as yeah. it's currently established the korean president has a great deal more power than does the president in most countries of an right. economy that's as big as Korea yeah. is. And that, and that brings up another question, Richard, is that having all of this happen, what is the impact on South Korea in, in business interest in that country right now? Well, I think that this is an issue that may be accelerating some trends, but there are bigger problems that are going on right now that will impact the economy even more than this impeachment. First of all, I think that the slowdown of domestic growth in China has had a negative impact on a lot of Korean business. Right. What you really have is you have this feeling of uncertainty right now, and business hates uncertainty. So I think that that's making things worse than it is for a while, but there are a lot of other causes of uncertainty. You know, people in Asia are really wondering what's going to happen under the new U.S. administration. I, I, I think that's totally correct. I would add to that with respect to South Korea. Um, the chable, the social contract between the people and the chable seems to be eroding. Uh, the the table are moving a lot of jobs to lower wage countries yeah. like China, like um, Southeast Asia. Uh, they're not adding jobs, certainly not providing job security. That's also adding to the uncertainty that the people in South Korea are feeling. And um, innovation and uh, entrepreneurship have long been kind of strangled by the table. But but things like the Galaxy uh, Seven. Yeah. Uh, South Korea is feeling a bit of uncertainty as to their position in the tech world, given the lack of innovation and the room for development in South Korea. So I think everything Richard is right. There's a period of 
uncertainty and uncomfortableness in South Korea right now among the regular people. What does that uncertainty do to the always tenuous relations between the South and the North as well? Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it's a very valid question it's at a this great point question. because I don't think there's any question that the North would like to be able to make a move if they could, and certainly the gentleman, you know, uh, up there wouldn't think twice about it. Probably. Well, they North Korea has a long tradition of testing new U.S. presidents. Yeah, and you know they've already they've already sent that message to President-elect Trump. You know. We respect you, blah, blah, blah. We can bomb you. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, there's a period of vulnerability in South Korea. There's a new U.S. president. I think your question is a really pertinent question. Richard? In some ways, North Korea has always been a huge element of uncertainty. I would really look at the relationship with China. Okay. Because uh, how China handles North Korea as well as how China handles uh, its relations with world markets is going to have a key influence on uh, Korean business, South Korean business. And I think that's something that we really don't see. What we're seeing is a worldwide phenomenon in which uh, there's this reaction against the things that we thought were always good for growth, globalization, um, the kind of whether innovation is really benefiting average everyday people is mm-hmm. being called into question now. Right. What about the, uh, the, the the status of South Korea as an entity, a business entity within that region of, of the world right now? How important is South Korea when you think about the mix of China and Japan and, and Taiwan and, and even North Korea to a degree, Richard, uh, in terms of the, the global scope of what that area does for the world? Well, Korea is, what, the world's 12th largest economy, so it's a big player. And I think that Korea is also the only country in uh, East Asia that has technology that is on par with uh, Japan's technology and other advanced countries. So Korea is a very important player in this, and, um, you know, We've got major world brands from Korea that yeah. we are all familiar with. Samsung. Uh, I think that, yeah, Samsung, LG. But the Chebol have been really having trouble. Remember, Hanjin, the yeah. container shipping company, went bankrupt this uh, past fall. Right. So uh, there's been a lot going on that um, has, has eroded confidence. And so in macroeconomic terms, they're expecting further slowdowns in growth, um, partly because of the um, American election. The Korean won is cheaper compared to the dollar than it was a few months ago. Um, No one knows where that's going to go. So it looks like a... um, It's going to be a while, six months to nine months, maybe. (laughs) Phil? For everyone. For everyone, the the yeah. the the another thing to think about in terms of South Korea as an economic actor in uh, that part of the world is that they've long served as a link between Asia and 
the rest of the world, East Asia sure. and the rest of the world. And, yeah. you know, when we talk about globalization, South Korea has, you know, very strongly pushed for the development of international markets, the development of of networks, the, the development of the kinds of relationships that transcend borders. Right. Um, to have them weakened at a time when that whole, as Richard points out, that whole system is being reevaluated does not contribute to the perpetuation of the transnational kinds of seems it could it could actually hurt right they they need to give up things right now rather than push for the the transnational the the international kind of business that they've traditionally been pushing for i guess the other qu- question that that we should bring up richard is because of some of this more nationalist uh push uh that we're seeing uh, South Korea, I would think, as Phil, I think, kind of alluded to here, they would be kind of on the on the bottom end of the of the totem pole to a degree. I would think, if you start to have more relationships that are one v one compared to having, you know, something like a like an Asian trade uh, a Pacific partnership TPP, excuse me. Well, that's true. Uh, if you don't have this kind of multilateral agreement. Uh, certainly, in terms of bilateral agreements, they're in a weak position. I'm thinking that a lot will depend on who the next president of Korea is. Yeah. And there are already people who are kind of waiting in the wings, as it were, uh, whether they have the election this summer or whether they have it near the end of the year is really the biggest difference about this uh, impeachment thing. And uh, I'm curious to see whether we will get a sort of, if I might say, Donald Trump-type figure uh, who comes in to take over after President Park. Hmm. Uh, Lee Jae-myung, who's the mayor of of Songnam City, which is just southeast of Seoul, uh, has has been a very vocal opponent of uh, President Park and also um, pretty anti-Chebol, the anti-big business group. And He's also quite pro-innovation. Songnam has tried to establish its economy based on kind of being a innovation city or a science city. Mm-hmm. And um, it will be really interesting to see what happens if that's the turn. We saw that in 1997 after the Asia financial crisis. The Korean government really tried to support uh, startup companies almost as a way of weakening the big business groups. Uh, but it turned out that the big business groups had more resilience than the government. Did. Sure. Yeah. You, uh, when, when, when Richard mentioned uh, that gentleman's name, you winced a little bit on, on that. Any, any candidates that, that you think are, are potentially in play here? Uh, the, the, can- the, the difficulty is it's a 60 day, the election will occur 60 days after the removal from office, right? If removal occurs, very short period of time. Sure, yeah. Um, the the candidates, the opposition parties are putting up the candidates that the um, conservative parties putting up Ban Ban Ki Moon. Uh, they're all weak. Um, Lee would re would be a, a probably the most acceptable candidate, although I'm not sure he has the 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 the, the backing in place to mm-hmm. win a national election. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think you're right. The um, other candidates are not 
they're, they're not good business candidates. I'll, let me put it that way. Well, Richard, let's look at this from the U.S. perspective for a second. As this plays out, obviously there are people within the government that are keeping an eye on this. There are probably people within the, the, the Trump administration that are, that are keeping an eye on this, I would think, to a degree. Who knows? What, well, that's true. Yeah, we don't know a lot. Uh, what are they? What are they realistically hoping for in your mind? I think the uh, U.S. would like to see a return to steady growth. Um, certainly, we have this mood in the U.S. now to bring business back to the U.S. Yep. And uh, certainly, these big Korean companies may be seen as competitors to things that could potentially be done in the U.S. But they hire an awful lot of people in the U.S. too. Yeah. And we uh, really, I think that we'll want to see a return to stability and a return to uh, really developing um, new business and new business relationships that's not really quite such a wild ride. Phil? I, I, to add to that, I would think that I, I, the current administration, and again, as you pointed out, who knows about the next administration, right. would be concerned with the missile defense system and sure. very concerned with – particularly with the um, demise of the uh, uh, TPP with some kind of counterbalance to um, China's influence in the region. Uh, South Korea has long been a platform for both of those things. Right. Uh, well, not for the missile defense system. That's the what they want to put in. Right. Uh, a weak South Korea is not a platform for those things. You mentioned before, going back to uh, something you said before, is that uh, it is interesting when you watch some of the videos from over there right now, the numbers of people yeah. that are out protesting President Park and... and what is going on with her? I mean, they truly want a turnover right now. You've heard so many people say, and you know, we're happy that we're being able to take our government back to a degree. The question, I guess, is, will we truly see the people of South Korea take, be able to take their government back? I, yeah, I, in a, in a in an ideal world, sure, sure, yeah, right. Uh, in the world where we've seen the same kinds of protests in India, in in Ukraine, in in Brazil. It, it, it's and and hard. Phil, as you mentioned, we saw them in Korea in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were huge protests in the '80s about democratization, mm -hmm. and you know, going down about twelve or thirteen years ago in two thousand and four, there were were huge protests about uh, that. Led to the impeachment of a president then. Yeah, President Roe. Yeah. I would think that pe yeah. people over there, Richard, are to a degree have to be in disbelief that this is all playing out the way that it is played out. And as, as Phil mentioned, I mean, this is, you know, kind of played out over the last year or so. But to see kind of your president kind of devolve because of the connection to somebody who's connected to a cult. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Well, you can't. I, I mean, you can't uh, write the. You can't write. I mean, the, the, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the movies. This, no. Yeah, the movies are waiting for this story to hit the. You know, <laughs> the script to hit the table. That's true. Uh, a lot of the people who supported President Park were middle-aged and older, yeah. and they were really almost nostalgic for yeah. the high economic growth days of her father. 
And isn't and, that and isn't and that is like they do where they belong? And isn't that also another big issue? Is the fact that the population there is is much older, and in terms of the numbers of people having babies, that number is well below where it probably should as well. So they're looking at a, another big potential problem in in the near future of just how many people are in that country. Correct? Yeah, That's correct. That's right. Uh, and it, and it's interesting when you look at the approval ratings, even today, um, when uh, Bach has negligible support, that support is all in the older middle age to sure. older categories, uh, cat, you know, age range. Yeah. Um, she, she, you know, she she came in on a dream, and the dream was well, her father pres- presided or dictated over. This you know tremendous period of change in in South Korea. We'll get the same thing with her. Yeah. The you know that that dream is not a dream that's shared by <laughs> the younger population. As as Korea becomes an older population, an yeah. elderly population, it'll be interesting to see how they make decisions. Either they're based on now or whether they're based on a memory of a Korea that was divide. You know that faced other. Issues that they just don't face today. That dream has become a nightmare. Yes, it has. No question about it. Rich, Phelps, great, great to see you again. Richard, great to have you on the show again. Thank you both. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Thank you all nice the best. Nice to see you, Richard. Wharton's uh, Philip Nichols joining us here in the studio. Richard Dasher from Stanford University joining us on the phone. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.